do you develop your palate? How does a cigar's size and shape affect how it smokes? What's a good budget cigar? Does a pricier cigar mean it's a better cigar? Do all of these ratings and reviews you read online really matter? These are all questions new and seasoned cigar smokers have, but sometimes feel embarrassed to ask. That's why I've asked these questions for you to some of our guests this season on Deep Cuts Live. This is our first full-on tip show where you'll get the answer to some of the common questions many cigar smokers have had at one point or another. Deep Cuts Live is all about helping you better understand what premium cigars are all about and arm you with the knowledge and information that will help you better understand and appreciate premium cigars and those responsible for making them. I hope you enjoyed this special show, and if you have questions you want answered, feel free to post it in the comments section, and it may be answered by future guests. Now let's get to today's first question. What is your best tip for a new cigar smoker? <clears throat> Do not get fixated on one brand. That's number one. Number two, enjoy your cigar, which means don't puff every five, 10 seconds. You're not going to be able to taste a cigar. A lot of people say, I cannot taste a cigar. Well, it's because you're smoking too fast. I've smoked so many cigars. I can smoke, I can smoke a brand Toro in 45 minutes if I rush it. But if I really want to taste it and I really want to enjoy it, it's going to take me an hour and a half at least. Right? So number one, don't get fixated in one brand. Number two, keep elevating your palate. Keep trying different brands and smoke slowly. Number three, don't be worried about the brand. Don't be worried about what people think of what you're smoking. Because honestly, there is no bad cigar. Don't listen to me or anybody else. There's only cigars that you like and don't like. And last but not least, when you cut the cigar at the tip, don't cut too far and you're going to unravel your cigar. I feel like I feel like the the cutting one and the, the tip about smoking slowly are two things that we don't talk about enough. Because I know when you're new to cigars and people say just cut off the you know cut the cigar, the, the rookie mistake is to cut off basically like almost like that whole. You're like oh okay, you're just like and you don't know. And then like somebody yeah. will look at you oddly and you're like what why are they looking at? And it's because you cut so much. Like you really don't have to cut that much of the cigar off. And I, I do enjoy a straight cut because I think you get a little bit more flavor out of it than a punch. But I know a punch is cool. A V-cut is cool. So whatever to each their own. But it's like you don't have to cut half the cigar off. Um, and, and, and like you said, too, is to take your time smoking it because it's not something it's not a cigarette. It's not something that you're supposed yeah. to like, smoke in like five minutes or 10 minutes. You're really supposed to smoke a cigar usually over 45 minutes, an hour or more. And I, I think the last thing I should have said was ask questions because the worst thing that can happen to a brand new cigar smoker, they get the strongest cigar and now they get cigar sickness, right? And how many times has it happened to you? It's happened to me in 24 years. It's happened to me plenty of times. It happened to me. Eight weeks ago, I made a rookie move. You know what that rookie move was? I went to get my blood work done at 6 in the morning. It was a long line. And I had a Espinosa cigar in my back. <laughs> oh, okay. Why not? All right? Empty stomach. Ding, ding, ding. 
No coffee. Ding, ding, ding. Light it within 15 minutes. I'm like, damn it. It should have. Why? I know better. I know better. <laughs> so, yeah. So, is there one tip that from you, Luciano, that you would give I'll the give. Okay. who can, you know, to steer them in the right direction? I'll give three. Okay. First one. Uh, chose a cigar from a what people call a boutique company. Don't go to, uh, you know, famous brands, mainstream. Uh, you know, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying because there are, they have thousands of different brands, it's, it's, it's more likely that you find a good cigar within the boutique spectrum, okay? So it's more chances you find a good cigar. Second thing is pay attention to the humidity of the cigar. Don't, don't, don't smoke a cigar that's, that's soaking wet or it's too dry. Make sure you've got a cigar that's between 60 and 70%. Uh, 65, you know, will be perfect uh, of humidity, ambience of humidity. And, and, and third one is uh, forget about this bullshit of keeping the, the ashes super long. This, this, is not, this is not a sign. It's not a sign of good quality in a cigar. Uh, in fact, the more under-fermented and the more humidity the cigar has, the easiest it is to hold the ashes. So if you want to really experience a good cigar, make sure that after you smoke like an inch, just ash it out. Because you want to smoke the cigar, not the tar, not the ash. You want to smoke the content of the cigar. In order to do that, uh, keep just one inch of ash. The ash is important to keep the cigar lit. So you don't have to relight the cigar all the time. Uh, just, just smoke in the right humidity and, and pace yourself out. Don't smoke too fast, don't smoke too slow. And enjoy. Those would be my three advices. Uh, do you have any tips for how to develop your palate? <clears throat> so I would suggest, and, and I suggested this to Adam with uh, Dreamer Cigars, is when somebody wants to develop their palate, um, find a good tobacconist. And, you know, you can read as much as you want, but if you go into a shop and a good tobacconist is going to guide you along the way through with your uh, cigar journey. So he's going to like, hey, if you haven't smoked yet, here, try this. Then he's going to ask you, like, what did you like? What didn't you like? And so then he'll help you find your next cigar and your next cigar. And then eventually you're going to find one that you really like. And then you're going to go back to it. Then you're going to get bored of that one. And then he's going to say, hey, we'll try this one. So a good tobacconist would be my suggestion there. I know someone... As a second part of this question, someone reached out to me on social media a couple of weeks ago and they were saying that, or were there any cigars that didn't taste, have like a woodsy or cedary taste to them? And I was like, well, in my opinion, I was like, that's kind of what, you know, a, a cigar is like probably going to taste like, like you're not going to get, I think a lot of people get confused with flavors, you know, with palates because you read the reviews and they're like, oh, it tastes like dark chocolate and cocoa yeah. puffs and, and all this other stuff. And they're like, and then they taste the cigar and they're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. It doesn't taste like that at all. So, you know, I think we have to figure out as an industry how to help people develop their palates and how to talk about flavors and that, you know, and the different parts of the tongue that get stimulated by different things and maybe like, when you say a cigar is sweet, you mean it may stimulate that part of your tongue. It's not necessarily, you know, going to taste like cherry Coke. 
Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, go to a, I'd suggest to go to a lounge and, you know, start to befriend some cigar smokers that like have a good palate and smoke a cigar that they're smoking and just ask what those flavored notes are and just see if you can pick up the same notes, you know? Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll pick up some something completely different. Nobody knows. <laughs> Someone wants to know, how does a cigar's shape or size affect how it smokes? So from my experience, <clears throat> that's actually a, a multi-layered question. Because like you can have a, like a perfecto, right? Which is narrow on both ends and fatter in the, fatter in the middle that the, 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 the as you as you when you light it you'll get maybe a couple of different notes because it'll be more wrapper on the end but as it but as it opens up you'll get a lot more flavors from it because now you're tasting more of the blend right so that's one way it can change when you're looking at like a parejo cigar whether it's a round or whether it's a box press i've had i've had cigars that are this exact same blend it's the exact same wrapper in a round and a box press and they'll taste different because box press cigars sometimes they because of the way it's box press it'll make the cigar taste different so you only know that by actually trying trying both of those uh when it comes to like smaller ring gauge cigars you're going to get more of a uh wrapper to filler ratio high wrapper to filler ratio so you're going to get more of the wrapper flavor as opposed to like for instance if it's it can't be the same people say the same blend but it can't be like if you do a 60 ring gauge cigar uh and you call it one thing and you do that same cigar in like a corona well it might it's actually not the same because they're going to taste totally different because it's going to be more it's probably going to be a little bit more seco in that 60 ring gauge cigar or something mm -hmm. like this and the constant and of course the, the wrapper to filler uh ratio is going to be a lot lower right as opposed to a corona or lancero or something like that so even that changes. So you know, I, I always tell people to try different green gay cigars in the within the same line to see which one fits their palate. So your question is, oh, somebody wants to know, what's your favorite budget cigar? Oh, wow. I think there's so many great budget cigars out there. Uh, two that come to mind. I'm going to name one from my company and one from another company. So, you know, I'm being very honest. Um, Juarez. We make a cigar called Juarez. And I think from that six to let's say nine dollar MSRP price point back in the day, you know, it was a four to six dollars. Um, now, now I think a budget cigar has gone up a little bit. I think the Juarez speaks to so many people. It's this beautiful Mexican San Andreas Maduro cigar. It comes in the 52, 54, 56 ring gauge. Um, we also have it in a 48 if you like a thinner ring gauge like I do. Extremely affordable. You can buy a handful of them and not break the bank. Uh, you can buy a box and it'll probably be one of the more affordable premium hand rolled cigar, a box cigars that you can get your hands on at that incredible price point. Um, and then one that has not come from my company. I think uh, Foundation makes a great cigar with Charter Oak. I think Charter Oak is a wonderful blend. Nick Melillo is a wonderful guy and he makes a hell of a budget stick as well. Awesome. Yeah. And I think people I know, I think we even last week we had this question about someone wanting to know you know, when we say budget or a cheap cigar or whatever, you know, in the cigar industry, price and quality doesn't always match up. Like 100%. You can, get, you can get an awesome cigar for under 
and you can get an awesome cigar that's over $20. It, it could be, you know, it, it just doesn't really like, you know, the price doesn't have much to do with the quality. Um, and so people should try different cigars, I think at different price points, because you never know what is out there and what you might like. Like I said, I think there's a lot of great under $10 cigars and there are a lot of expensive cigars as well that maybe if you can splurge, it's worth trying just to kind of see what's uh, available. I'll tell you this. I remember this had to be close to 20 years ago. I was invited to a wine tasting and they had five wines and I'm no wine aficionado, but I do love a, a beautiful glass of wine. And I remember we had to rank these wines. And what was amazing was the most favorite wine of the night was the least expensive bottle. And it was like a $10 bottle of wine. And we had wines in that tasting that went from that $10 price point all the way to a $50 price point. And the, the, the most expensive one, if memory serves me right, was number two or number three. So it was very high ranked as well. But I remember that $10 bottle of wine, it opened my eyes up even in that world that you don't have to have a $50, $100, $150 bottle of wine to have a great experience. Um, and really what you're relying on is the skill of the winemaker and cigars are the same way. You can get as elaborate or as basic or as expensive or least expensive. And uh, you can have a great experience at any of those price levels. Does a pricier cigar mean it's a better quality cigar? So does a pricier cigar mean that it's a better cigar? Absolutely not. Um, it doesn't. Just like in... So let's try to relate it. If you're new to cigars, we can relate it to, to anything else you like. If it's food, uh, if it's a beverage, a cocktail, something that you like, always when you spend more money, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a better experience on it. Um, it just goes back to knowing what you like. I think that's what's most important. Don't always buy a product or don't always buy a cigar in this instance. Just because it's more expensive, you think it's going to be better. Um, I think you do, do a little bit of background for it to figure it out. There are expensive cigars that are fantastic cigars. But at the same time, there's some cigars out there that are that are expensive that are just a regular cigar. So I think it's important that you do the research before. But simply to answer the question, a more expensive cigar does not mean that it's a better cigar. But nevertheless, if you like expensive cigar, buy it. And then you try the expensive cigar and then you try mine. And you compare the expenses with Nestle Miranda. So you make a decision. Do cigar ratings and reviews matter today? <laughs> um <laughs> yes and no uh because it, it's still subjective and uh you know say one side i rate rate something i have a 96 and then another person get rated at 89 but then the, the the scoring systems are different for everybody there's, there's no uniform like scoring system for what you're doing so everything is really just subjective on what that particular person thought you know so i would venture to say more sore tools no only reason why i send like say i send cigars to boston jimmy um mm -hmm. that's because people follow him and that's just another way for me to it's just promotion for me you know right um so you know and like he's rated like lolly bella he rated a 95 if i remember right you know, but some, like I said, somebody else can can rate it a ninety one. You know, or you know, or a cigar cigar aficionado. If they ever review my stuff, it could be lower, it could be higher. I don't know. You know, but it's it all of that is just subjective. You know, 
um, and it's it's more so uh, marketing and promotion, in my opinion. So, yeah, and I, I think what people don't people don't even know the history of cigar ratings. Like, you know, the rating system was kind of introduced uh, in the same vein as how they would rate and review wine um, back in the nineties. So the way that we talk okay. about cigars is kind of adapted back basically from how we talk about wine and how we rate wine. Um, but as you mm -hmm. said, the problem is, is that as more people kind of come into the cigar world, especially on the media side, mm -hmm. the easiest thing to do almost is there's two things, either press releases, like repurposing press releases or doing your own cigar mm -hmm. ratings. And cigar reviews, yeah, has, yeah, yeah, yep. and everyone, as Eric says, has a completely different rating system, and they also have a different mm -hmm. palette. So, mm -hmm. what I like completely different from what Eric likes, and what I taste because when I, right, you know, when I'm dealing with cigars, I just it, it tastes like cigar. I mean, I don't know, I was like, I don't, I can't take pick up all yeah. the different like uh flavor notes that some people do, yeah. um. And that's kind of normal because it's, it's it doesn't have any you know flavors inserted into it unless it's a an infused mm -hmm. or flavored cigar. It's supposed to taste like yeah. as um Manolo Casado yeah. mentioned um, during the trip. It's supposed to taste like tobacco. Um, so you have yeah. to take things and what it's know, like when um, when uh, Halfwell reviewed uh, uh, the Warwick Lancetto. I think you smoked my Warwick before. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't read cigar reviews, but I read that one. And um uh I think it was Brooks that reviewed it. He said it, it was notes of peanut butter in it. And I was like, hmm. I was, I was like, I smoked like a thousand of those cigars and have never toasted tasted peanut butter in there, not once. But like I said, everybody's different. So yes. and they rate different and they taste different things. And it's based on what, what you ate before you smoked a cigar or what you drank or what you're drinking with the cigar. You know, all of that can change what, whatever the characteristics in the cigar is. So maybe Brooks had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before he smoked Woolwich. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's, it, like you said, it's, it's all is 100% subjective. Yeah. So for those watching um, and for that person who asked that question, so ratings, as Eric said, they can at least give you an idea of what's what's new because you'll see a lot of new cigars kind of go through their whole rating process. Um, so pay attention to it for that reason, mm -hmm. but don't let it um, yeah. keep you from trying a cigar and basically doing your own rating. Like the best review or rating is mm -hmm. going to come from you. Um, so that's right. Eric's advice and a little bit of my advice on the whole ratings and review uh, topic for when it comes to cigars. Mm -hmm. So there are some people who think immediately before you light up the cigar you need to remove the band there's other people who say keep the band on until that burn line gets closer to the band because if you remove it too soon depending on how they put on the band it might disrupt the wrapper it might do something so where do you kind of fall with within that kind of spectrum of keep the band on remove the band well let's hit them with some nerdy cigar history uh, cigar bands uh, are something that are about a hundred something years old. Um, and uh, for example, we we printed uh, with Rydag printers out of Holland, and they gave me a book 
of their history, like a hundred and something years old. And, and you see uh, uh, everything that's going on, the, and then uh, German lithography, the, the whole thing. But b before that, cigar bands were put on because the only people who could smoke cigars at one point in the history of cigars was the royal family of Spain. And they had like white gloves and they supposedly didn't want to stain their fingers with nicotine, you know, uh, and stuff like, I don't know about that one. Uh, but, you know, they obviously became, how do you differentiate your cigar from the other guy's cigar? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's almost like modern day branding or marketing. And, and you know, they started using, uh, you know, the beautiful uh, graphic history of this industry. A lot of it's getting lost because, my God, you look back and they actually use gold and the bands and things like that. The the time to take off uh, a cigar band is not really so important, but um, uh, people say, oh, let the cigar warm up or this and that. As the cigar heats up, it's going to expand a little bit. Okay. So if you're going to take off the band, do it before you even light the cigar. That's my opinion. Okay. Sometimes we like the pectin glue that we use is vegetable glue. Like this one's like really like whatever you have to be careful you don't rip the wrapper you know uh, on the cigar if it's connecticut and things like that just you know my opinion is if you're new to it just just leave it alone you don't want the the wrapper to come off uh, i know some people are like oh i'm bragging because i'm smoking this and you know it's it's cost this much but um you know it depends i if i really like the cigar band i and i collect cigar bands i try to be very careful and whatever but um, I either, you know, I, I'm not too disciplined for it, but I usually try to do it in my case before I light the cigar, the cigar is not going to expand, um, uh, because of the heat moisture difference inside. So I would say, uh, do it before you light the cigar. Um, you know, be very careful with it and, uh, try to, you know, at this point, and a cigar, by the way, my lighter sucked and, and whatever. At this point, start taking it off and just be very careful. Like this one's like too glued on. And, you know, just be very careful, careful with your nails and just, you know, even though I wasn't careful there, but uh, <laughs> it's more like how close are you getting to the uh, end of the, of, of the cigar and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I, um, I don't know. It's, my, did I answer that uh, properly? You, did. you gave a good explanation and a little bit of history. Yeah. What is the purpose of cellophane? Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, cellophane is, is there's a couple purposes. One well, is obviously porous. to protect, yeah, to protect the wrapper, but it actually also helps keep the humidity and the everything, moisture. the moisture inside. And it is porous, actually, right? Yeah, and people don't actually know this. It's not made out of plastic. It's actually made out of like a vegetable yeah. or um, uh, a plant. People always say plastic. It's biodegradable. Like it's not plastic. It's not plastic. You know, so it's uh, um, it's yeah. porous. It, like Chris said, protects the cigar, but also as being porous and not plastic, when it's in the humidor, it allows the humidity to stay flowing. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask that. So some people want to know, um, as an offshoot of that question. You know, do you remove the cellophane when you put it in the humidor? Do you keep it on? I personally like to keep it on because I think, especially if you don't plan to smoke it right away, I think it just protects it. And I keep it on, especially if it's with other cigars. <laughs> it, pres it preserves it. It preserves it too. I mean, honestly, like, listen, I always keep up my humidors, but you know, gauges are a little off sometimes, and 
you know, I, I've noticed that if I take a cigar out of the cellophane and leave it in there for a week and, and I, the same cigar I'll put right next to it in cellophane, the one in the cellophane will be a little bit more spongier than the one that's been sitting outside the cellophane, you know, because it's, it's contained. It's almost like, I don't want to say like, because it's, it's not exactly that technology, but just to kind of use metaphorically, it's almost like a Boveda where it's a two-way humidification. Like if yeah, it's too humid, it will block the humid. Yeah. But if it's if it's not humid enough, it will allow humidity to still get in, and it preserve it. It helps to maintain that level, you know, that 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 level of of, of uh, humidity within the tobacco. So I I prefer personally I leave all my cellophane on, and honestly I do too. You could see that it even keeps a lot of the oils trapped in mm-hmm. because if you ever mm-hmm. you know leave a cigar for six months a year. And you have it, you know, properly, you know, stored, humidified. And you take it out, and you start taking that cigar out of cell phone. You see all the oil sheen and the dark. I mean, I'm sure you different guys color, have some yeah. different color. You know, where it actually colors the 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 cellophane yellow. Like that's all the oils, man. That's just been captured in there. That you know, encapsulated in that little thing. You know, so in my opinion, cellophane is a good thing. You know, I mean, I mean, that's just my opinion. Now, but then you could say, all right. Look at Padron. Look at Padron. Padron don't put cellophane on his cigars. Yeah, that's uh, you open up a box of Padron. It's all on on cellophane cigars, and his cigars yeah. are awesome. So, you know, <laughs> I guess it's preference. I, I, I don't know. Me personally, I like cellophane though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I did read in. Uh, I think there is a book actually called the Cigar Handbook. Um, oh yeah, I have that. And book. I read a part in that book when it talks about for people who don't for whatever reason like cellophane or they want a compromise on this uh i guess somewhat controversial topic that you can um i think this actually came from from michael herklops at least he was attributed to to this uh in the book um but you can like take the cellophane slightly off and like twist it at the top so that the bottom of the cigar is exposed um in the humidor so it's like a, like I said, a little compromise for those people who, who want to try it out, like a little science, adult science experiment. <laughs> if you want to try it out with, with that, just to see sure. how you like it. But personally, like Listen, I said, I, I like, I like to keep it on. It doesn't hurt the cigar. There's no, everybody knows there's no right or wrong way. Right. You know, that's the greatest thing about this business. There's no right or wrong way, man. You know, this is creating. It's just like a winemaker. It's just like a, a distillery that makes whiskey. It's just like, it's the same thing. There's no right or wrong way to do shit. There's a traditional way, a non-traditional way, a, you know, outside the box way, you know, there's a, but there's no wrong way. You know, it depends on, on you know, what you're you creating. Like. You don't tell an artist that's putting paint on a wall, you're doing it wrong. That's his right. art. He's doing it, you know, like it's the same thing. Like. And I'm not equating us to, you know, these great artists, but this is an art in its own form. You know, my grandfather made wine, you know, since I was a kid, you know, that was a, a, that was an art form in its own way. He made his own kind of wine, his own way, right. proof that yeah. his own, that where yeah. his, that he liked, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's no wrong way to do it. There's your way, the traditional way, the outside the box way It's just on, on what, which, which, which path you you want to take, you know? But I don't ever tell anybody. Just like you heard in the interview, like you want to do limited editions all day, and just do LCA drops, and that's what you want your brand to be. And it's working for you. Do it. That's not what I want to do. But if it's, you're doing it and it works for you, God bless. Have at it. You know, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. 
you know? So it's just what works for you, man. And just, I think the biggest advice, me, and who am I? I'm a nobody. I've been in this business for five fucking years, you know? But stay true to yourself. That's the best. If you stay true to yourself and you do what you want to do and don't listen to all, I mean, you take advice from people that have been in the business, you know, Michael Herkla, you just brought him up. We love Mike. You know, Mike's been a big supporter of us since day one. You know, mm -hmm. um, he's a personal friend. So I take what I mean, he, if Mike's going to give me some advice, I'm not going to do what he tells me to do because this is our brand. But I'm going to take into consideration heavily what he's saying because that would be stupid not to. This is a man that's been in the business world. You know, Jeff has friend, same thing, friends in the business that have been doing it a long time. You're going to take advice from those people because those people are only trying to give you advice to help you succeed. You know, so... So, you know, you have to take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, stay true to yourself, man. Do you, you know, you know it, works, it works. Go 150 miles an hour in your direction. And if you're genuine, true, and you're putting a really good product out there and you're, and you're really trying your best, you know, I think people in this industry recognize that and will support you. You know, that's, that's, that's really, you know, that's the best. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way we're doing it. So, awesome. and so far it's working for us. So.